The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Ashrei part 17. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not doing Ashrei. All right, so um, this is... Um, we wanted to, we're having a palate cleanser here at the very least, if not like a, a change for a while, which is doing feel related stuff. Okay. And I wanted to start with something that's like localized and like isolated, but also fundamental. So I've wanted to do this mission for a while in Pirkei Avos, and I don't know what it's doing in Pirkei Avos, okay, which is going to be kind of like a background question, but let's read and translate it first. I have like a 75% um, theory worked out, but, um, but, you know, We'll have to develop it. Okay. All right. So uh, let's go here. Okay. Just one second here. Okay. So this is in Pirkei Avos 2.13 in one numbering. Again, Pirkei Avos has a different numbering system in different editions. Rabbi Shimon ben, uh, Rabbi Shimon Omer. I mean, I'll type that translation. Okay. Oopsies. Rabbi Shimon says, okay. Now here we have a, uh, our first, uh, I don't know if first or only maybe, um, Machlok is in the text. Okay, so like there's two different versions of this. So um, the standard versions say, be careful in reading the Shema, okay, and in Tefillah. Okay, now the reason why this is in brackets is because we're going to be focusing on Rabbeinu Yonah, and Rabbeinu Yonah does not say, and in Tefillah, okay? So he holds you should not, uh, not that he holds you should not be careful, but he doesn't have that in there at all. Okay, so I think what we're going to do for now is I'm, just to make sure that we're not like reading this, I'm going to gray it out. Uh, and, uh, if we, you know, do another Mufarish later on and we'll, uh, we'll put it back in. Okay. But for now we're doing Rabbeinu Yonah. That was there, that would mean Shimon specifically? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good uh, reminder, which is anytime you see the word, shim, uh, tefillah in Chazal, the assumption is it's Shimon Asrei specifically because everything else is like supporting tefillah or not tefillah. Okay. Ukshadim is palo. And when you, um, daven, okay. And this is, uh, Shimon Asrei, right. As Warren just said, okay. Uh, Amida, call it the short word. Al tas tefillah keva. Do not make your tefillah. All right. How do you translate keva? We use it in, um, uh, I think we're most familiar with it in terms of eating. Like when you eat in the sukkah, you, what's that again? That's a good guess based on context. Uh, so it's actually, uh, you're, you're making me notice that this, it is counterintuitive. Okay. Keva means permanent or fixed. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's the, yeah. Fixed. Okay. Um, but we'll maybe come up with a better word when we read, uh, Rubin Yona. uh, Ella, and this, you'll see why Ella, uh, but rather, uh, make it, uh, mercy. And how do you translate Tachanunim? Tachanun. Okay. I'll show you. You got to guess. Okay. The easiest way to find it. Yeah. Supplication. Okay. But do you know what that means? Um, like, like, it's the best giving way. yourself to, well, to whatever it is that you're giving yourself to in this case, God. Okay. Before, um, the, uh, 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 blessed is he, I'm just going to show you just so you can see it inside. Uh, the clearest definition of Tafnunim that I've seen is easy to remember where it is because it's Parshas Va'eschanan. Okay. Like Tafnunim. Okay. It's the first, uh, Rashi or it's the Rashi on the first Pasuk. Rashi says, so that's Moshe talking, I, I supplicated to Hashem. So Rashi says, So chinun in every place only means a free gift. 
even though Tzadikim could rely on their good actions and like ask God to help them because they, you know, will use it properly or they deserve it. They still only request from God a free gift. So this is, he's explaining why Moshe was asking for Tachanunim, like, isn't Moshe deserving of this? And he's doing it on behalf of Paul Israel, but he's saying it's a, it's a free gift. Okay. So that's, that's how I understand supplication. Okay. So um, rather make it, Mercy and supplication before Hamakam Baruchu. Shinamar, as it is stated, Kihanun Vrachum Hu Erchapayim Vrachas. Now it looks like we're going back into Ashre, but we're not, because that's not from Ashre. Okay. Um, for uh, because uh, he is gracious and merciful, uh, slow to anger, and abundant in kindness. Okay. Th- that is a phrase from Ashre. Benichamahara. Uh, and, uh, and I think Arsul likes to say relents regarding um, uh, harm, okay? Meaning like God, if God is, plain shot is if God is uh, going to punish you and you do tshuva, then he, he'll take away the decree, okay? Uh, that's in Yoel 2.13, okay? Ve'al tihi rasha bifneatmecha, and do not be wicked, literally, bifneatmecha, before yourself. Okay, that's our Mishnah. Okay, so what are, let's do this Mishle style. What are the questions and problems here, we'll list them and... Uh, okay, the obvious question is, we don't do this. I mean, <laughs> you know, we have fixed to feel it. Ah, okay, so the, so the the question that's predicated on here is, what does it mean by uh, Kava in this context, right? right what yeah. does uh, it mean, what does he mean by Keva in this context? And I'll incorporate your question into it, okay? Obviously, it doesn't mean, um, like, fixed times, because we do that. And also, I think you can get it from uh, the context that it doesn't mean that because it says rather Rachamim and Tachanunim, right? So it's, um, what do you call it? So it's, uh, right. Well, it's, uh, yeah. What do you mean? Uh, meaning the opposite of fixed is Rachamim and Tachanunim. So if you assume that fixed was set times, then the opposite of that would be like not at fixed times, you know? Right. Now, there is a, by the way, you, you could have said, if this were, if the source came before the Anshek Nesa Agdola, uh, then you could say that maybe it meant fixed because there didn't always used to be fixed fila times, right? You could have whenever you wanted as long as you did it once a day, but this is long after the Anshek Nesa Agdola. Okay. This is like half remembered, whatever. Doesn't the Rambam have something? Is it wrong? I know there's like a famous Rambam, Rambam, Maslow, yeah. when you're supposed to dive in. One yeah. says that it's only, not only, but that the time when you have to dive in is when you're like in a, in a bad time. Basically. Yeah. So the, uh, so the you're thinking of is both Ramam and Ramban hold that tefillah is del Raisa, but the question is which kind of tefillah. So uh-huh. Ramban holds the only kind of tefillah that's del Raisa is Be'es Sara, is crying out at a time of, of distress. Ramam holds that that's also del Raisa, but there's another one called Avodah Shabalev, which is uh-huh. daily tefillah, and he holds that that's del Raisa. Ramban holds that daily tefillah is only del Raisa, and that's a big yeah. mafloges. You, you can read this as being a pro-Ramban. That. Well, oh, okay. this was written after fixed tefillah times were already set up, so so everyone was already right. davening every day. Yeah, good try though. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. What are the questions? Other, other questions here. Wow. I'm skipping to the end. What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, what does it mean to uh, not be wicked before yourself? Yeah, that needs explanation. Yeah. Yeah, it's even I, I'm not even sure how to translate it. Bifne is like before or in front of or in the presence of, but we might have to like interpret it, you know, 
translated based on interpretation. Yeah. Also, what does the pasuk have to do with the way? You okay, good. So, yeah. yeah, what function does the pasuk uh, yeah. serve here? Right. So, seemingly, it's proving. Right. Seemingly, it's yeah, proving why your tefillah, your tefillah should be um, mercy and supplication. Okay, but what, what's the problem with saying that that's what it's doing? Yeah, uh, because <laughs> but 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 the pasuk is not about how you should daven; it's about how Hashem how Hashem acts, right? Um, in other words, like let's say like it took um, I don't know. Let's take the paradigm of tefillah. Let's say it took. Uh, well, let's say you know, could quote it could quote Bias Khanan, right? It says you should make your tefillah mercy and supplication, as it says Moshe supplicated to God. That would have been very good, right? Or Hana, you know, like pouring out her heart in front of God. You know, could have there are a lot of psukim have been telling, I'm sure, about like Davin Melk supplicating, right? So yeah, this is is uh, is a weird, weird puzzle. Yeah. Okay, good. What else? I mean, uh, you can kind of ask. It's I mean, kind of not like, not a serious question. You can ask why does it say before you know Hamaka? So it's just kind of slightly weird. Yeah. I mean, okay. I so that you say that all the time. yeah, no, no. It's it's a good it's a good question uh, to add. I don't, and I also agree. I don't know if we can uh, necessarily answer it, but um, well, it's the same well, thing with like um, uh, uh, or what? Oh my god. <laughs> I'm forgetting the phrase. The, the, in English, it's um, this book between you and the um, Bin Adam Lamakom. Yeah. Yeah. So but we say it there too. Right. We do say it there. But here's the thing is what's the uh, the usual phrase that is closest to Hamakom Baroko? Hakadosh Baruch right? right. Uh, so I, I think that is a legitimate question. We don't usually say it. In fact, Hamakom is the only times we can we say Hamakom regularly. I can think of. Um, three. Well, is it, is it ever said with Baruch Hu afterwards? Uh, yes. Uh, two of the ones that I'm thinking of uh, say Baruch Hu afterwards, which is also weird. Yeah. yeah. But. One of them is, occurs based on, um, you say it in specific circumstances, and then the other the other two are in the Haggadah. <laughs> Timely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, no. Yeah, yeah. It's is maybe you could just count it as one in Haggadah. I'll show it to you anyway, just because you know we gotta we gotta do Haggadah stuff uh, while we can. Uh, so one of them is just go to Al Torah, get the Al Torah Haggadah text. This is gonna be in uh, this is gonna be in after Karpas. Uh, there are tons, and there oh, are sure actually like a, like a very broad line. Yeah, there are, and there are also Haggadah notes and Haggadah pamphlets. And uh, maybe I'll, this is a good time to to um, post it on something. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, okay. So this is in. Uh, sorry for the text being so small, but I just need this one line here. Oh yeah, here we go. So this is before the Arba Banim, before the four sons. Baruch Hamakom Baruch Hu, Baruch Shnasim Torah Leimo Yisrael Baruch Hu. So we do say Hamakom there. Okay. Uh, yeah, it is kind of, but it's a comma. It's a little different. Yeah. Well, there's no such things as commas in. Right. Yes, but the way you're, you're saying is Hamakom. Yeah, it's still the same idea. Uh, oh, you mean, well, you, here's what you could say to make the point you're trying to make, which right. is it says Baruch HaMakom is one clause, then Baruch is another clause. Yeah, correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, unless um, you go to the Rambam. Hold on. 
<laughs> oh, fancy linguistic terms here. Uh, I just want to. It's a very handy term. Yeah, uh, I just I'm curious here. Baruch uh, Hamakom. Yeah, Ramam just says Baruch Hamakom. He doesn't even say Baruch until the very end. Yeah. Anyway, so um, the other context you might be familiar with it being said is when you're comforting mourners. Hamakom Yenachem Eschem. May Hamakom comfort you. Which is interesting because this does relate hamakom and nechama, okay? But uh, but you know nechama here does not mean comfort, okay? Anyway, so but uh, anyway, so why does he use the name hamakom baruchu instead of say hakadosh baruchu? Okay, fair question. I guess another question. Yeah, could be. Uh, what's my name? Said that Shema and Shema are like the main parts, I guess, of davening. But what's like within them that you wouldn't do this already? Like, okay, good. So, uh, okay, good. So uh, let's put that um, at the top here. Okay. And I'm going to put it at the top because we can ask this on all three clauses. Okay. So on all three clauses, um, why do we need to be told this? Okay. In other words, why would we be inclined not to be careful with Kriya Shema. That's what you're asking, right? Yeah. Um, or not, or, uh, or uh, to make tefillah, uh, make davening keva, okay? Or to be a Russia before ourselves. Yeah. And those are going to be three different answers, obviously. Um on a similar note, and I'm going to ask this one because uh, I uh, I don't know what your uh, premises are about Pirkei Avos. Do you know what Pirkei Avos is for? Is it really a relationship with other people? Uh, a lot of it does. Uh, I don't know if enough of it does in order to make me ask that as a strong question, but it's a good assumption. Who's the yeah, who's the audience and what is the purpose? Um, I'm pretty sure it's for, it's not necessarily, it's for people who are already yeah. like, you know, God fearing Jews, and then it's just like how to reach the next level. Okay, basically. that's good, right? So, 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 uh, according, and I don't know if this is going to everybody, okay, but according to many, okay, um, Avos is uh, aimed at um, at high level people who are striving to become super high level level people. Uh, and I'll bring two uh, two proofs of this, or not two proofs of this, just two uh, supports for this. One is the Rambam says the reason why Pirkei Avos is in um, is after Sanhedrin uh, is because Pirkei Avos uh, is about ethics. And if the ordinary person doesn't uh, behave ethically, so then most of the time they're just going to end up harming themselves or the people close to them. But if judges and leaders are not ethical, it's going to harm the entire society, both like practically and like the corruption is going to filter down. So like they need it more than others. And then the uh, Mishnah in, uh, there's a Gemara that says, if you want to be a chassid, which is a super pious person, you know, super righteous, then you should um, fulfill Pirkei Avos. So it has to do with like, people who are going beyond the letter of the law. So based on that, what question do you think I'm going to ask? Well, I guess like, wouldn't they already be doing this? Yeah, wouldn't they already be doing this? It's similar to the Kiva's question, uh, but this is now based, this is from the uh, the audience, right? So according to many, Avos is aimed at uh, people striving to be high-level people. Um, if so, if so, why do they need to be told this? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and look, I can understand. I mean, first of all, I mean, I, I guess, you know, to me, the hardest one, 
with that question, what do you think is the hardest one to, to justify in terms of like why a super righteous person needs to hear this? Are you asking, are you asking like what's the Havamina basically? I am asking what's the Havamina, but I'm asking it in a different way than, or from a different angle than Akiva. Akiva's asking it in terms of the content, like, like, um, uh, like, you know, what would we have done otherwise or why would we have done otherwise? I'm asking it from assuming that the people we're talking to wouldn't have done this otherwise, you know? So I, maybe it is the same question, actually. I'll just say alternatively. Alternatively. Yeah. yeah. And I guess I was asking more in, like, to feel itself. Seemingly, it's not already like that. So what, what, what are you changing? Okay. So, oh, oh, I see. Okay. So, um, so let me ask that as a separate question. That is a separate question. Uh, but before I do that, um, uh, which of these do you think the a super righteous person needs to hear it the least? <laughs> I was also inclined to say the last one, but then I realized maybe not, maybe definitely not. Right, we don't know what it means, but I'm saying like just based on our, our uh, service level. <laughs> um, yeah, probably, the last one probably the most obvious. Probably Shema. Yeah, I was thinking Shema. The reason why I was thinking the last one is is, is because the we do know that that um, that Sadiqim are held to a higher standard than others, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that someone you, you see the Avos doing this all the time that they are worried that. Uh, that, that their righteousness is not sufficient to merit God's forgiveness. You know, average person, average person thinks that they're totally righteous. You know, they didn't do anything wrong. Sadiq has real self-knowledge and realizes that like he has all these flaws, you know? So, but I, I hear an argument for all of them. I was thinking, why are we thinking Shema? I was also thinking Shema. Um, I guess it's like comparing it to like Shema's it's like shorter and focus on it. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like like the, the, the first clause is just a basic halacha. It sounds like a basic halacha thing, even though we don't know exactly what it means to be careful. You know, like it it's, sounds pretty easy to do. Like davening in a way that's mercy and supplication. Okay, that's a little bit harder, but like being careful with the Shema, I mean, I guess it kind of, you know, doesn't mean being careful with the pronunciation, doesn't mean be careful to like do it in the right setting, you know, like, uh, so yeah. I was going to say you say it the most, but you kind of say them the same wrong. Uh, well, technically, you say tefillah more, right? right. You say tefillah three times a day and shema twice a day. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, okay. So now asking your question, which is what, uh, so practically speaking, practically speaking, what is it saying to change about your tefillah? Yeah. Right. Um, how do you do this? And we can ask a similar question for the first part. Practically speaking, um, what does it mean to be careful with Kriyashma. Okay. Careful, careful about what? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, to the questions? Yeah. Yeah. Just also to, to strengthen a little bit question four. Yeah. I mean, it says in the text of Shema itself, you know, when you're supposed to say it. Uh, <laughs> wait, no. So question number four is about Tefillah. What? What does he mean by by, by keva? Because keva is about uh, when you are mispalal, when you daven, yes. make your do not make your tefillah keva, but oh, make it mercy supplication. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. By shema, right. so you have to be careful. Yeah. But by shema you have to just not make it keva. Not make it keva, correct? Yeah. Also, and see, it's funny because it's inconsistent because by shema at least he tells us 
what we're not supposed to do. But Shema, he doesn't quite tell us what we're not supposed to do. Be careful, don't blank like there's missing. Yeah. What does that mean? Are they, are they, does that mean that you don't, that you shouldn't, that you don't have to read Shema with mercy and supplication? Correct. Yeah. And the opposite of that your Shema can be Keva. Correct. It seems like Shema can be totally Keva. And, and uh, mercy or yeah, yeah. Either, now, now, here's the thing. We can understand why it's not with mercy and supplication. Why is Shema, why would it not make sense to say that Shema should be recited with, with mercy and supplication? I guess because it's more, uh, more like internal. It's more like you're reminding yourself of things. Yeah, even stronger though. It's also like you're not, it's not like talking to God. It's more like you're just you're, yeah. You're, you're not Torah. you're not asking for anything in Shema, yeah, yeah. right? There's no bakashas at all, right? Uh, now, is it? Yeah, you're reading psukim exactly, right? Now, not in terms of making a keva that so one this one of two possibilities: either Shema is not subject to don't do a keva in the same way that tefillah is, right? Like we said for supplication and mercy, or Maybe like it's bad do, to do Shema Keva, but like not bad enough to mention, you know, because I'm sure you should also be careful in tefillah, right? But like, you know, but this is not necessarily what he, he mentioned. And remember, the Pirkei Avos is set up where like, these are the things that these Tanaim used to say, like these were their like mottos, you know, like the things they were known for. So it's not like you can't like necessarily for, you know, um, like, oh, don't be a Russian from yourself, but you can be a Russian from other people, you know, like not necessarily, uh, yeah, making that kind of deal. Yeah. Um, one other question I have, and this question is uh, not everyone is going to agree that this is a good question. This is actually, I think, a mach locus in Mepharshim of Pirkei Avos is um, what, if anything, is the relationship between these three clauses? Okay. Uh, and the some Mepharshim, let's say like the Abravanel, always consistently explains that the three are connected. Others, uh, not necessarily. Like, you know, I'm sure you have sayings also that I can say, Oren used to say A, he used to say B, he used to say C, but they're not necessarily related. You know, these are just three sayings. Uh, I do sense that this is related, um, maybe just because the first two things have to do with davening. Uh, yeah, the last one's hard. And that's the challenge to me is like, if we assume that they're related, uh, then uh, the last one's going to be the hardest one, right? I'll, I'll, I'll add that, uh, especially the third, the, the last one. Okay. I think that's about it, unless there's something else that you can spot. I also just wanted to add, not really a new question, but just with the thing for uh, Hamako, mm-hmm. I feel like that um, term to refer to God is, is like a very impersonal one. You know, mm-hmm. Correct, like, yeah. Whatever, and, I, and the, he, he's advising you to, to be you know more personal, you know, be mercy and whatever, and then he uses a, a term to refer to God that's very impersonal. That's that's funny. That, that's true. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll add that here. Um, uh, also funny for using it to comfort mourners, right? Because you would want you would think that there's going to be a personal yeah, term, right. right? So why would you use it there? Um, uh, it's so impersonal. Um, personal. Uh, I'm going to partially answer this question now, sim- simply because um, I don't know if we're going to answer it, but just so we know hamakom. Do you know what the meaning of hamakom is? The place. So it literally means the place, right? So what's the idea that we're saying about God? Uh, when we call him Hamakom. <laughs> exactly wrong. Yeah, yeah, no, right. So th- this is the uh, art school. So uh, I, when I, how long ago? 
maybe like 15 or 16 years ago, maybe even more. Uh, so when I lead the Seder at home, um, I do it in English because not everyone speaks uh, Hebrew in my family. So um, I used to use like uh, some translation, you know, and they would translate certain things in ways that like really irk me. One of the ones was, uh, so I made my own translation. So I'll, I'll tell you what, how I translated it in a second. But Hamakum, they always translate as the omnipresent, which means in all places, right? Which is is exactly not true, right? And in fact, Chazal say, and the reason why it's not true is because God is not in all places. He's not in any place. And in fact, that's not just a Rambami type thing. Chazal, when they explain the term Hamakom, like if you look at any Haggadah commentary on that phrase Hamakom, they'll quote the Chazal. I don't know where it's from. It's from one of the, um, probably Mechilta or Sifra or Sifri. They say, God is the Makom of the universe, but the universe is not his Makom. We don't hold that God. We do not hold that God is in any place, you know, um, and if you ever get into an argument with someone who's saying that God is everywhere, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you the SmackDown. Okay, here's the SmackDown that I used to use to ninth graders. Okay, um, I, I would say, uh, so I, the dialogue would go like this: uh, God is not in any place, but Rabbi anyways, he's in all places. Uh, no, he's not, but yes, he is. Let me ask you a question. Okay, is God blue? No. Is he red? No. Is he all colors? No. Is God five feet tall? No. Is God ten feet tall? No. Is he all heights? No. Is God here? No. Is God there? No. Is God everywhere? No. Right. Anytime you have a, a, a physical quality and play, location is a physical quality, only, only physical things can be in locations. So then saying he's in all of them doesn't make it any better. The only way you can say it makes it better is if you were to say that he's in all places in some allegorical way. For example, you know, that his, um, you know, like if you look at the psukim of Malochal um, Hart's Kvodo, you know, that we say in Davening, that the entire world is filled with his glory, which means like Ashrei, we can't get a statement being drawn back to Ashrei, like in Ashrei, that God's um, glory is manifest every place. Because anywhere you look in the universe, it is like brimming with Chachmas Hashem that points to his existence, you know, but that doesn't mean God himself is in every place. Is it the opposite? Is it? Yeah, it's the opposite. He's in no, he's in no place. What was he going to say? Well, I'm saying, in the sense, we're in his. We're in his place, yeah, exactly. We're we're in his uh, his dominion, right? So, so it it's interesting because it ends up being impersonal in the sense that it's oh, so so what does it mean then? So, what does it mean that he's the place of the universe? So, the Ramam explains that what it means is that God is the independent existence, and everything else is a dependent existence. So, God's the foundation of all existence. So, when I translate it in my Haggadah, I translate Hamakom as the foundation of existence um, because it has the same. The English word foundation is also a location word, you know, or a like structure word, um, but uh, but it, it's more accurate than omnipresence. <laughs> yeah. Um, but your question still stands, which is that it is a seemingly one of the most impersonal terms of them all, you know? Yeah. Okay. So let's do this. Um, let's start. Uh, as always, I, uh, I, I thought that we would, um, I, I underestimated how much time this would take yeah yeah um so let's have today be the fact of any day i know we don't yet know whether there's going to be shi on thursday so let's just do the Yona. and uh to save time i'm going to not type out the translation okay i'll just translate it verbally and then I, next time i could i could type it out okay so here's what he says okay uh have you here uh Oh, unless you have answers, do you want to try answering on your own first or should we go work with Yona? I, I personally find and don't be intimidated by me saying this with Mishle then I feel comfortable like coming up with their own interpretations. I find Pirkei Abbas is very hard. Either you come up with nothing or you just like project stuff, you know, but, uh, but, you know, also in the interest of time, we have 15 minutes. So you, you want to 
explore it on our own or do a rainy on a... You have any ideas? Uh, okay, sure, yeah, go ahead, yeah. Get it out there. Uh, you want to see? In order to connect the, the, what, it mean, what, what it means to be like, don't be wicked on yourself. Yeah. I guess, I mean, saying fear, like, in your feeling, you're, being, you're making whatever, mercy and supplication for Hashem. Yeah. So you're kind of like, I guess, don't be, you're sort of judging yourself in that sense. Ah. So. Ooh, you're more correct than you think. You know why? Anyone know, you know why it's more correct than these with the phrase judging yourself? I have a PowerPoint for this. <laughs> I do, I do. Uh, <laughs> I'll show you, I'll show you. This is actually the first Sunday shear. Yeah, it was completely accurate. This is the first Sunday shear I ever gave in yeshiva. What is tefillah? So, lihis palel does not mean to pray. Right, that's an English translation. Okay, pray in English means uh, from the Latin precari, which means to ask earnestly. Okay, and that's not what our idea of tefillah is. Okay, um, tefillah comes from pelamid lamid, and you know what pelamid lamid means judge. to judge. Okay, so it means to judge, and um, uh, there are examples here in so can, the earliest example I think is in Bracious. Uh, Yisrael says to Yosef, uh, Yisrael Yosef." I did not judge in my mind that I would see your face, like to me, make, make an evaluation. Or in Devarim, it says, uh, uh, for not, not like our rock is their rock, and our, and our enemies are Pililim, which Unclos translates as uh, Dayanaya, like Dayanim, like judges. Um, or Rashi says it means Shoftim. Or in Shemos, it literally calls judges, Vinasan Bifilim, he shall give it by order of the of the Shoftim, the Dayanim, I'm sorry, uh, judges, right? So that's Pelamalab. And now this is in uh, Hispael, which is reflexive. So Tefillah means to judge yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the concept, oh, and then the, the weird thing is, you know, usually reflexive verbs are verbs you do to yourself, but we say Hispalel Lashem to judge yourself to Hashem. So what does that mean? My understanding is it means you're judging yourself in Hashem's framework or within Hashem's value system, as opposed to, let's say, let's say you are a, I don't know, let's say like you are, uh, you could judge yourself in the framework of your parents' values or judge yourself in the framework of America's values. Here you're judging yourself in Hashem's framework, you know? So that's what the essence of tefillah is. And then um, a second definition is um, based on, oh, you know, we don't need to do that one right now. I think this works here. So, Judging yourself, since tefillah is an act of judging yourself, it's saying don't judge yourself as a rasha, right? So it's very, very like appropriate to uh, the activity of tefillah. It, it does still need to be elaborated on, but it is appropriate uh, since we're talking about, you know, when it's so like literally, literally, if you were to read it, and when you judge yourself in tefillah, don't judge yourself as a rasha. You know, that's, that's how it was thinking. No, it's good. It's, 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 it, that's what I'm saying. It's like better than you thought based on like the, the core concept of tefillah. Yeah. It's just yeah. Because like, what, what if you are Russia? <laughs> that's another good question. Let's yeah. actually add that here. Yeah. But, but like, why would I be true of, uh, oh, because, because what? <laughs> no, because if I am a Russia and I know this Mishnah, then I'll, I'll, I, I just want, I won't realize that I'm a Russia, so I'll, I'll say, oh, I'm oh, not Russia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that, that's a, that's a good question. 
Okay, uh, Rubinian is going to address that and make it worse. <laughs> okay, yeah, all right. So, so Rubinian from the beginning. So he says, so he again just says Krishma. He's here al Krishma Yosur Mitfila. He's um, Shimon. Rabbi Shimon is warning you about Tfila about Shema more than Tfila. Why? Because the time for Tfila is great. Okay, or large. Shuad, which is until uh arbashaus until four hours in the day the time for krishma is narrow and exact um they change odd to im which is with with uh sunrise the zehu lashon heavy zahir this is what it means by you should be careful you need great caution now um uh, let me just quickly show you what this means halakhically. Now, you might be familiar with what people actually do, which is in the Shulchan Aruch. Okay, Shulchan Aruch says, Zman So the time for Kriyashma is when you can see a somewhat familiar friend from a distance of four Amos, and recognize him. And the time continues until three hours into the day. And, you know, these are Shavzmanios, uh, right? Seasonal hours into the day. Okay, then he says, It is a, uh, a the, the best way to do the mitzvah is to do it like Vasikim. Vasikim are, like Rashi says, Anashim Anavim Mitzvos, humble people who love mitzvahs. Who, who uh, like direct themselves to read it a little bit before sunrise. So that you conclude Kriyashima with its brachos with sunrise. And then you make tefillah come immediately after it with sunrise. Okay, so if you're going according to the Shokan Arach, it's just the best way to do it is at, right before Hanitz. Okay, but the Rambam holds as follows. Rambam is harsher, okay? He says, What is the Zman of Krishna on the day? Mitzvasa, not mitzvah min muvhar, not the best mitzvah. It's mitzvah sheyaschi likros kodam nitzchama is to read it slightly before sunrise. Kadesh yigmor likros ulavarach bracha akron imat nitzchama so that you complete reading it and say the final bracha with sunrise. V'shirzek mo iser shah kodam shatal hashemesh. He says how much it is, and he says v'im ah echir v'kara achar shalsa hashemesh. Yeah, okay. If you delayed it and read it after sunrise, yatsa yidei chavasa your yote. Because its time is until the end of three hours. To someone who transgressed and read it then. Okay, so um, Rabbeinu Yona, it's funny because the Shonar quoted, here's Talmidim. I don't know who these Talmidim are, but it's, I don't know what Rabbeinu Yona actually holds. He seems to be saying that, like the, uh, the actual time for Krishna, you've got this very narrow window. And therefore, you need to be very careful. Now, it still doesn't answer our question of, like, why do you need to tell uh, people who are learning paper Avos this? Because you presumably they're the ones who are described as Vasikin. Okay, but at least we know what it's talking about now and why it doesn't say for Tefillah. Because Tefillah, you've got, like, you know, you've got four hours to do it. Uh, okay. Ukish Atom is Palo. Any questions on that just factually here? No? Okay. Ukish Atom is Palo. And when you dive in, Altas Tefillah Skal Keva, Ela Rachmim Tanga Chanin Mufnei Machim Rahu. Okay, now this is, this is the thing that made me want to give Shia on it. Okay, this next phrase. You should say your tefillah like a, a poor person who is supplicating the and asking for something he needs. Wait for it. Wait for it. It's got to skip two pages. 
because a poor person speaks in supplications, and not like someone who asks for something that he doesn't need, who, who does not supplicate with a, low, a, a lowly heart and a broken soul. Now, when I read this, it like hit me like uh, uh, an arrow, okay? Which was how many times when I'm saying my needs before God, do I ask it like someone who actually needs it? And how many times do I, I say it like someone who doesn't need it? <laughs> Something like hearing like, are, are you asking God? Are you asking like someone who doesn't need the thing? You know, and what's funny, and you don't have to reveal your own practices. I mean, the times when I'm most prone to asking for something as if I actually need it is when I'm inserting my own personal requests. And even then, when I do it like daily, day to day, let's say like with, with um, Rafaino, you know, when I'm putting in the same uh, people who are sick, like, uh, like every time. Many times I'll just do it by rote. You know, I just won't, I won't say it in the way that like is, uh, you know, as if I'm speaking to like, in other words, we got to do is like this. And, and this is, okay, I'm going to launch into a rant now. I, I intended to, to save this for, uh, for, for next time when we do the ideas, but we got to get some practical idea out of this today is like, you know, people are looking for spirituality everywhere. Okay. Except in mitzvahs. <laughs> okay. Uh, and what I mean, I, I, I don't mean that like, I'm not condemning all Jews. What I'm saying is that like, People are always like looking for some extra stuff. Okay. But you know what? The Torah, Hashem knew what he was doing when he, he gave the Torah and, and Chazal knew what they were doing when they set up the Durbanans. And you want a good relationship with God? Do this. Okay. If you are in the middle of davening and you catch yourself saying, if I were asking my parents for something, if I were asking my boss, if I were asking like, you know, anybody for something like this, this woman came up to me in, uh, at Gormick lot, uh, the other day, uh, this very, I would say very nice South African woman, but all South Africans sound nice. So like, you know, very nice. South African woman, you know, I, I can't do a South African accent. She was like, excuse me, I left my purse at home. Do you happen to have two quarters that I can put in the meter? And I'll, I can't pay you back. Cause I, I don't know where you are, but I'll put it into Dhaka, you know? So she asked in a manner of supplication. Now she didn't say, uh, give me two quarters to put in the meter. Like, if you catch yourself in davening, talking to God as if you're reading lines from a text, which is how I can raise my, I mean, most of the time, that's how I, uh, I daven. You would never talk to another human that way, right? And the whole reason why God is matir, why he gave us a halakhic license to blaspheme him by talking about him in human terms and speaking about him as if he is a person is so that we can cultivate uh, a relation, a psychological relationship that is conducive to developing in a way that brings us to the truth, namely like recognizing that all our needs actually do come from God. So if we're not relating to God in the same way that we relate to all other beings in our life who provide our needs, so then we're not actually being mavakish, you know. So so the question, so practically speaking, what he's saying that you should do. Oh, actually, we didn't even finish reading it. Did we? No. You know why we didn't finish reading it? Because the Rambam actually says what it means for Keva. So this is actually a Mishnah. Hold, hold, this was half of a thought. The Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, not Pirkei Avos, in Brachos, says, uh, Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Ha'osa tefillah so Keva, in tefillah so Tachanunim. One who makes his tefillah Keva, same term here, his tefillah will not be supplications. Okay, so stating it, this kind of strengthens the question of why you need to tell people in Pirkei Avos this, if it's an open Mishnah. Right, but he's here saying that they're opposites. So, how does the Ramam uh, define the terms? So, tell me, or you don't have to tell me. I'll t- tell yourself whether you identify with what he's about to say here. Okay, he says, uh, I just lost it. 
because uh, I uh, clicked. Okay. Um, Russell, what does it mean in Indian Keva? What does it mean to do it fixed? It's like a person who has some sort of like a task that he has to do. Uh, and he completes it. Uh, so that he can like be discharged of his task. And he could like throw his burden aside. Right. So like, um, or, or like there the, are the other Mepharshim. I think maybe the Ram, I mean, obviously even says this here. I think the Ram says it similarly. Let's see. Rambam. Tefila yeah, that his tefillah weighs upon him heavily. You treat it like a chore that someone placed upon you that you need to just like get out of, you know? So those are the two extremes here, right? Tefillah is an annoying chore that I got to get through as quickly as possible and like, like you know, cast it off. Or I'm, I'm asking God for things that I need. And in reality, all my needs come throughout through God. So I have to ask it in the manner of someone who needs something as opposed to asking in the manner of someone who doesn't need something, you know? Um, and this goes back to that tube of the Ramam that we read that one day um, that with a parrot, you were here for that, right? Talking, dominating like yeah. a parrot. What was it? Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Ramam says that like you, you remember that you're talking to the master of the universe and not like a parrot who's been trained to speak English or Hebrew words, you know, that, that's the, uh, that's the thing here, you know? So, so the question is like, how do you, um, yeah. Another question is, he said you should, you should daven like a poor person who is asking for things that you need. Or right. Whatever. Does that mean that you're not actually doing that? Meaning, you could say you should daven you know, and recognize that you are this. Correct. This yeah. Is, you should, you should dive in like you're this. Right. So my, my, um, my assumption is the reason why he's saying that is because you are not necessarily financially poor. Like a poor person is like a, he was talking about like a poor person who was asking for money from people. Um, and in reality, you might not be poor, you know, but you have to get into that headspace and, and ask as if you are that poor person. Sure. But I might be lacking the other things that I'm diving for. Like, right, right. But I think the reason why he's using this lushan is because this should apply across the board, whether or not you have currently the things that you uh, that you um, are asking for or not. And in fact, I'm going to support that by um, here. I'm going to support that with this next phrase. Okay, um, that's the Pasuken Yoel, because God is gracious and merciful and slow to anger and abundant in kindness, and he changes his mind regarding evil. Everyone needs mercy. Right, that's kind of like what you're saying. Uh-huh. And if the hour is favorable to you, sorry, even though the hour is favorable to you, in other words, let's say you you happen to be wealthy and healthy and happy, right? So you might think to yourself, I don't need Rachman because I have I have the good stuff already. So he's saying, no, 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 uh, you still need Rachman because God is slow to anger the and gracious to you. In other words, maybe you're getting this good stuff not because you deserve it but because God is delaying your punishment or because he gave you more than you deserve. Like we read in Afre. Lo al, next page. Lo al, see kosav hu marachim He's not being mercy upon you based on uh, your righteousness. Um, uh, you need to supplicate to God lest he change his mind regarding the evil that was going to come upon you. Maybe your, your hate will cause him to withhold the good from you. You're not going to get a miracle at all times. In other words, you have to realize that just because things are good now doesn't mean that you deserve it and, and doesn't mean that you will. And even if you do deserve it, you might 
become in a situation where you don't deserve it because of hate, you know? So you do need to be constantly like uh, recognizing this need for Rahman. Um, let's just finish translating the next part. Uh, so we can have it in our mind for next time, whenever that is. Don't be a rush before yourself. Don't tell yourself, there's no way I can return in tshuva. Okay, like, like don't give up hope about doing tshuva. Because if you, if you give up hope about tshuva, he's going to give up hope on doing tshuva. And if uh, an avera comes his way, it'll be mutartem, meaning he'll, he'll give himself license to do it. Uh, and he'll say, oh, this is nothing compared to all the sins I already did, right? He'll say, like, I'm going to hell anyway, basically. Like, what's the, what does it matter if I, like, eat one more tray thing? But you should also not be a tzaddik in front of yourself. Like it says in Masechus Nida, this is the famous midrash about how they teach the uh, the fetus all of the Torah, right? And then it forgets it. So after that part that everyone quotes, it says, They make the fetus swear an oath in its mother's womb. Even if the entire world tells you that you're a tzaddik, you should be in your eyes like a wicked person. Now that seems to contradict what we just said. So he explained, not actually like a Russia. You should be half liable, uh, vindicated and half liable. We're familiar with this from Hill's Tshuva. If he does one mitzvah, Ashrav, then he's, he's fortunate and praiseworthy. He inclines himself to the side of merit. If he does one avera, oila, woe unto him. Because he inclined himself to the side of liability. That's what it means in Vayikra when it says a person should always see himself as half uh, innocent and half liable. As it says in Mishle, uh, Chacham uh, fears and turns away from evil. Uh, Ratzalomer, what does that mean? Chacham, afal pisha sormeira. Even though he's turning away from evil, who yare he's afraid. Because in his own eyes, he's like a Russia, not in the sense that he is always bad, but in the sense that v'nimsa rats afar mitzvos kedeshiachriyuhu he, he, therefore, he will run after mitzvos in order to incline himself to the side of merit, and flee from uh, transgressions, so that he doesn't incline to the side of liability. So he is functionally saying, Rabbinion is taking, you should view yourself as half and half, um, not as a Russia, because then you won't do tshuva, and not as a tzaddik, because then you will like rely on your righteousness, and you'll let down your guard, but it be, should be half and half. So that's Ravina Yona. There's one thing we didn't do, which we do have to do, which is to read the that from Yoel in context. But what I want to do, uh, hopefully next time, is uh, is sharpen these theories and uh, unify them and answer our questions. But we do have one uh, homework assignment, which is uh, to figure out how to do this in everyday davening, meaning we do by default daven in a tefillah's keva. What can we do to make ourselves daven and ask for our needs as if we actually need them? You know, uh, and I think that's something we should think about and like share, you know, strategies for because mm -hmm. I think we all need work on that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, I don't know if they're here on Thursday. I guess it'll depend on on who's able to make it. And uh, and yeah. So we'll continue it. Bleenetter will continue it. Right. Okay. All right. Thanks for coming. What's happening on Thursday? Uh, so on Thursday. Oh, so
If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbischneewalks at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.